so wonderful to see all your faces is really all. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Nerdtastic in 3D, episode number 42. Wow. We are an entertainment industry podcast of entertainment industry professionals talking about anything and everything that we find entertaining, nerdy. entertaining and professional. Nerd, nerdy, <laughs> not entertaining. Um, we, uh, yeah, we've been here for a little while, guys. And uh, last week we were down to just two people and very happy that this week we're back up to a full seven. Wait, no. you recorded last week? We did. <laughs> you didn't. Not we. Apparently. Not we. <laughs> yeah. we. Apparently, I thought the... Oh, no, I'm sorry. This is from two weeks ago, I guess. We posted it last oh. week. Oh. Okay, I was about to say. My name is Jason Carter. I did Carter. not get invited. Jason Pecco. I'm Sean Fennell. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Josh Sabrat. Jack Eckler. Adam McFarlane. I'm Sean Carney, but I like to just say... Cuarenta y dos. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> <laughs> So we're recording from a new room this evening. Suddenly we feel uh, very corporate, set up at a conference table. Mm-hmm. I find it sexy. So who's being fired? <laughs> Pecco. Oh, Pecco's out. Not yeah, my vote's on Adam. This is happening. <laughs> 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 All right, here. You seem strangely com- comfortable down there, Jay, looking like you were going to get fired. Yeah, you know, I, I did an interview the other day, and... a. The lady assumed that I was an alcoholic because I had tattoos. She was like, oh, I'd buy you beer to bribe you to get me to do something. So I'm used to the... Uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Did you first look at her strange and then go, probably yeah. I was like, yeah, okay I would do that. it. I would do it. Who, is this? <laughs> Who would use that on an interview? That's terrible. I would uh, never say that to somebody. That is uh, undisclosed information. But it worked. <laughs> did it work? It worked. No. Did you hire her? No. Did she no? have beer or did she just she, say I If would. she would have brought beer to the interview, yes, she would have been Obviously. Have you ever had to interview someone that you weren't sure what their gender was? Like Pat? Sean. Sean Kearney. That mm-hmm. was the... Yeah. <laughs> and vice versa. I had the same problem with you. So, so Did he have the facial hair then or no? This is a new new development. <laughs> <laughs> but it's still... There are still some unanswered questions. It was the seal of the deal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so let's, uh, let's jump right in. There's a bunch of good stuff that was this week. One of which was uh, Halo 4's Forward Onto Dawn first episode. Little miniseries. Mm-hmm. Jason Carter, talk about it. So, I mean, you know, I'm a super Halo fan, so I was incredibly really? excited about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the first thing that jumped out right away to me was the production value was pretty impressive. I, I mean, they've put a lot of effort into it. It was all right. You didn't think so? No, it was great. <laughs> I was like, wait, <laughs> really? You just want to be that guy. Wow. No, um, you're not pretty. I will say, like, it's really good. Really, it's, it seems like it's setting up. Like, So there's not a lot of story, per se, that comes out of it, but there's a lot of interesting setup. Looks like it's going to be pretty good. Um, my first thought was actually to the Halo movie, when that was floating around three years ago or so. Neil Blomkoff. Blomkoff. Not going to make that movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, was all slated to kind of uh, direct it. P- Peter Jackson was going to produce with Microsoft. And I, you know, kind of the, the rumor that I had heard was that it got canned because Microsoft wanted too much creative control. 
And it does make me wonder if Microsoft has had these plans about like wanting to dole out their story very specifically, and that this is kind of how they're doing it. But they've said that this is free. It's going to be out there. You know, the uh, Machinima Prime and uh, Halo Waypoint, and you can check it out. And first one's up. I love it. It's super long. It, it is like twenty minutes. Each yeah. one's yeah, twenty minutes long. I they think. set a good tone, though. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And if there's a if you do if you do have Halo <coughs> Waypoint. Um, they have a whole bunch of behind-the-scene videos that kind of give you an indication of potentially where it's headed. So we know that the Master Chief makes an appearance, which is awesome. And the Warthog really works. And drives. And I do remember that behind the scenes where they had, they had that come out from uh, Weta. Weta. Yeah. yeah, It's pretty crazy. And there's crazy. like the one guy who, mm-hmm. can, who can operate it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. But have you, do you, Jason, play the story campaign of Halo. Because I do not, and I play the story of everything. I love the story to Modern Warfare. I love the story to games that are mainly multiplayer. After Halo, I played half of Halo 2, and since then, Halo Reach, I literally did not even touch the campaign missions. I loaded it up, went straight to multiplayer. I don't care. So, uh, Halo 1, amazing story. Halo 2 and 3, really convoluted convoluted exactly. story that were too hard to follow. And I've gone That's back and played me. them both twice again, the campaign. Mm-hmm. Too too hard to follow, yeah. for sure. ODST, the, the campaign was... I just well, didn't drive with that one. I didn't even put in the disc in ODST. <laughs> I literally just was like, oh, look, I'll just play this. And I like had every intention. I had Halo 3 and bought it to play the ODST campaign and was just like, and eh, now nah, I'm just going to play the Halo 3. I will tell you this. Reach is an amazing story. Really? It's really good. I might go back. The campaign is really fun. And they've dialed in, in Reach, they dialed in the AI mechanics in a way that <clears> is truly infuriating in a really fun way. Okay. Like, it's really adaptive to what you're going to do. You know those moments where you're playing AI and you feel like the moment you go left, the character goes right? Like, that input is dialed it it yeah. right in. Like, it is – they dialed it in a way that's frustrating mm. in a fun way. So, mm. yeah, definitely Reach and Halo 1 are awesome. Are you awesome. going to buy the uh, special collector's edition thing of – Halo 4? I'm not. The only thing that seemed enticing to me in there was the DVD that uh, with all the forward unto dawn. That's the only reason why I haven't watched it yet. I'm going to wait and like because it's like a it's a 90 minute thing, so it's an hour and a half yeah. like yeah. movie thing. So I'm just gonna. Did you buy the special edition? Yeah, I pre-ordered mm-hmm. it. See, my problem was everything else that was in there was kind of like yeah, it, it was no like, helicopter. It was like maps and shit. <laughs> <laughs> there just is saying. no hovering. Just saying. What is that thing? A glider? What is it? Quadcopter. There it is. That's the name. Um, but yeah, but yeah. Anyways, it was fun. I just do it because I always usually buy the Halo ones, the big ones. I I'm, have the helmet. I'm, see, I'm I bummed the, I didn't get know, the helmet. I'm bummed I didn't get the helmet. You know, you could have gone to Best too. Buy. My favorite thing was that you could go to Best Buy and they had them for like sixty bucks because they were just trying to like, oh my god, we only have so much room in our store and we have to get rid of all these stupid Halo <laughs> elements. <laughs> <laughs> so awesome. Yeah. I, so, I'm I'm impressed, Josh. You haven't actually watched it. Yeah, because I want to watch it, like, all entirety. You That's know, it's crazy. just, like, kind of saving yourself for a season, mm-hmm. you know, and watching the entire season. Well, but because it's, because it's <laughs> Microsoft, though, it's probably not going to be in Blu-ray. So you probably are going to get a better quality on your computer than you will ah, that's a good, on the DVD. That's a good or you watch I may need to uh, change my strategy. Again? <laughs> What's up? You could watch them now and then again. Wait a second, wait a second. Or you can you watch them. things twice, Chad? I'm just throwing it out <laughs> do there. Do you do I'm that? throwing it out there. <laughs> no, no, no. no. You can now, for him and Jason, being diehard fans who listen to the audiobooks and everything else, I I think it's a no-brainer that you're going to probably watch it multiple times. That thing I'd be less inclined to probably watch. 
a couple of times. I think you could just rip <clears throat> the 1080p HQ from YouTube and then stack them all. Just wait till they all come out. That's and a great throw idea. Throw them in VLC it's and an awesome just watch idea. the whole mm. thing. Because yeah. then you'll get full res. Yep. Keep, keep, keep it it com. Do it. Did you guys? So you guys read the books or listened to the audiobooks? Yeah. There uh, a quick trivia about those. Uh, <laughs> one of the guys of who wrote um, one of the books. Which book? Um, I don't know the name of the book, but I think it was probably the first one. Who? <laughs> one of the guys. Who, He's just shaking his head. Let's <laughs> just take you know, a trivia, I have a trivia question. This guy who wrote this book. But one of the guys. One of them. Who, one of them. I don't know which one. Who wrote the book is, is uh, now works for um, uh, Disney Interactive, and he works for Wide Load Games. Was Doug that a Zartman. question? I said it was a trivia. You said it was a trivia question. Fact. What's the guy's trivial fact? Like, who now works at Nobody Wide really Load cares. Games? Doug Zartman. Yeah. Hey Doug, good job. Yeah, so <laughs> just piece of trivia there that he now. I do feel smarter All right, now that I. No, that's good. Thank yeah. you for the. Well, they had like one, they had like the same author for like the first <laughs> that was four. Terrible ones. trivia. It was really terrible bad. trivia. Yeah, listen, guys. I will not be watching the Halo videos because be- I can't play Halo games. <laughs> Jay, so, Jay, yeah. will I'm you just you. buckle down and buy an it's Xbox? It's two hundred dollars. I know, but here's the thing: they're I've, practically giving it to yeah. you. Yeah, I'm never gonna play it. What are you I, talking even about? if I buy it, I'll never play it. You'll play Halo. I have a Wii at home. I don't play it. I well, play exactly. There's a reason you don't play the Wii. Play. And like, the PlayStation 3. Although, Adam, you've been in a recent Wii. That stopped. <laughs> what were you playing <laughs> on the Wii? Uh, whatever the new Mario Wii Party. Mario Party oh, yeah. 9? My kid's all over that shit. <laughs> Girlfriend loves it. <laughs> <laughs> My Wii is strictly a source to play Nintendo games. Mm-hmm. I use it for the virtual console alone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you mean Nintendo, like NES games? Jason, is is this Halo? Like, is there any storyline that collaborates with anything and what you've read in the games or anything like what they're doing for? Oh yeah. So one thing that is incredibly unique that Microsoft is doing that I don't believe any other place is doing for a franchise game is they have a franchise director. And so it's been that way. Uh, Frank O'Connor, he's been at Bungie since, I believe, Halo 2. So he took Halo 1, took the storyline, expanded upon it. He has overseen all of the novels, Mm. all of the graphic novels, all of the fan fiction. He actually gets a say in what gets posted on fan sites and stuff like that. Like, you know, not on forums, but legitimately (coughs) posted. Um, And he has – so he's been kind of the person that's kept the creative control over the entire universe. And so he has made sure that there is a – continual story. In fact, there's another news article that came out about how uh, for Halo 4, uh, Microsoft has uh, decided, uh, for obvious reasons, they're not going to show you the face of Master Chief. He's going to keep his helmet on. Because one of the things that makes him so iconic is you don't know what he looks like. But then Frank O'Connor goes in there and actually pulls a quote right from one of the books. He's like, you have a pretty good description of what he looks like. He's a pasty, pale man with bright blue eyes and shaved red hair. He's a ginger? He's a ginger. <laughs> I, a blue-eyed ah, ginger. You know, you know what, Jay? Yeah. You had the right idea. Sell your PlayStation. Or, I'm sorry, sell your Xbox, everybody. You don't want to play as a ginger. <laughs> no. It's a disease. <laughs> so, so, on the same note, Josh, you posted something about Microsoft pulling out some big dogs to add to this new release. Oh, well, yeah. David Fincher's going... Like, most of the time, like they'll get directors to do you know, the cinematics of a game, or they'll, you know, some sort of... Um, you know, commercial or, or something like that, or, or a trailer, and and so David Fincher is like a big fan of it, <coughs> and he is doing this uh, media piece teaser. This uh, yeah teaser trailer for um for the game. It's going to be on Jimmy Fallon, I think, on the 18th, if I remember. Is it is it live action? <laughs> Correctly. 
Uh, I that, that I didn't know. Is it? Yeah. Yep. I think better so. be. <laughs> Most of the time, I have to say though, the Halo franchise has done huge uh, live action trailers more than like any other sort of game before. Everything usually is like in game engines or like you know full CG stuff too. But like Halo is the only franchise that I know that is kind of stuck to that. Ignoring, of course, the Super Mario Brothers Super Show, <laughs> which had a live action Mario and Luigi. And guest appearances by Magic Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> Little-known trivia question. Just guys. saying. It's not a question. It's, it's, a question. <laughs> it's a question that I answer for it's you. It's not even trivia. You pose the question. <laughs> it's quite trivial. It so trivial, I think. Well, here's kind of like it's the thing I wanted. Fat <laughs> <laughs> you know, Josh, sorry. Before you, the 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 stuff you're talking about, the Halo live action advertising that they've done. The, can- the an- advertising campaign called Believe, which mm. is the one associated with Halo 3, I believe, that was basically like a miniature set of a battlefield, and you zoom in on. So there's that a was whole- for Reach, yeah. It was for Reach, yeah. Okay, but Reach, that was Reach, and then the ODST one is when the ODST one is when they really started it. Okay, and then Reach is when they did it because the that whole thing was. Well, see, yeah. it couldn't have been Reach because it had Master Chief in it. Anyways, it was uh, that that uh, advertising campaign was um, voted as one of like the most successful advertising campaigns in history. It's oh, like okay. top ten of all time or something like that, which is pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Like lots of money spent, but lots of money that they believe they got. Good on money. your return. Well, to, to me, uh, I wanted to it really bring the topic of, you know, especially because we have game developers, and here too, you know, when you have a you big name. A big mm. name director. You use that term loosely, right? <laughs> <laughs> when you have a big name director, you know, uh, like Peter Jackson has, you know, stepped kind of into the helm a little bit of it. Uh, didn't Steven Spielberg do something with the he Wii? Did, for, uh, uh, he was he was on contract from blocks. EIA yeah, from and Boom did Boom Blocks, and then was working on a huge what alien do you do sci-fi. For Boom blocks? Well, that's the thing is I you think this guy's. <laughs> Well, those guys would, for what he would do is he'd come in, like, every once a week and sit with the team and, like, brainstorm ideas and, like, kind of, like, shoot the shit and then would leave and then it was, yeah, a name that you can put to market it. But I think he was a little bit more hands-on than your average person. Because, yeah, that's the question is, like, do you guys think that – <clears throat> you know, being you know a good director and being able, obviously, to tell a story and stuff like that and, and piece things together. Do they make for a good game developer type of director? Like I, you know, by coming in and sitting there saying, you know, I'm Peter Jackson. I know this. You know, this is how I want the game to go, and, and be basically, you know, help design the stuff and direct it. Well, I actually think a, a, a potentially good answer to that is uh, is looking at the most recent Resident Evil Six, and they didn't have any big names on it, but they the, the I don't know if all Japanese. Games have a, a, a just a director, but one of the biggest names on that game was the director, and that game and gameplay fell way short of of the cin- cinematic feel. So um, I don't think a, a director is a replacement for a game director because um, you know you look at games probably that have the just the director sort of big name on it, and they're super cinematic and beautiful. But when it comes to the the moment to moment action, it's just not quite there. Do you think yeah. it matters like on a game that's an adaptation of? an existing like material like so like you know Peter Jackson coming in and saying I'm gonna whatever be involved in the Lord of the Rings game not necessarily as like the game director but as a creative like head of you know whatever I think it's important to have people like I think that that's something I mean we're afforded that at Disney like when we do a game like we did the Perry game right and so it's Phineas and Ferb and we were 
fortunate enough to be able to hang out with the guys who created Phineas and Ferb and run things by them and ask them questions here and there about like, hey, is this authentic? We also have a couple people on our team who are huge fans of the show and are like encyclopedias about it, which was a huge boon to the game too. But I think if somebody whose job it is to make movies goes to make a game and just randomly steps into it, they're probably, and and especially on such a high profile game, I think it's not, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I mean, Jay-Z is the executive producer of the new NBA 2K game. And aside from picking a soundtrack, which I hear he did a great job doing, like, why would anyone listen to him in a meeting? Like, if he comes in and goes, yeah, it would be cool if you did, like, this crossover dribble animation like this, I'd be like, well, okay. Like, Yo, you're baby, some I've guy. I've this game for a long time, so I've got some... Exactly. He's just man. another super I played NBA Jam back in the day. Let's do that. <laughs> you know, people... I'm going to bring my girl in here to... Like yeah, can, right? would Steven Spielberg let like the lead designer on Boomblocks direct his movie? Like I'm sure he'd have the same weird thing. Whereas there's there's some good like give and take. And on the non Boomblocks game that they were working on, he did a lot of story work, which uh, probably was great. Right. And, you know, and I mean, and, and I don't, from a mechanics <clears throat> point of view, like like uh, the guys from Phineas and Ferb were like. Basically, we trust you as far as mechanics go. They they That's informed cool. us a lot about yeah. the story stuff, but yeah. it, and as you know, they're not they're not game designers, and so. we were mutual fans too. Like that was also a good thing is they were they were fans of Where's My Water. We were fans of Phineas and Ferb, so it was this perfect situation where we sat down and went, "We want to know everything we can know about why your show is so good and so funny." And they said, "We want to help you make this game that we already know you guys are talented at making the game." And that's why I think Peter Jackson on a Lord of the Rings game is perfect because yeah, right. you want that guy who has the Bible of that series in his head but in the same respect it's like I don't know I I think that Peter Peter Jackson did probably did a better job than Tolkien would have done directing the movie of Lord of the Rings you know because not to put everybody in a box but you know Peter Jackson had spent years learning how to craft great movies Tolkien can write really great stories and spent years doing that and if they did Freaky Friday split Probably wouldn't be yeah, you hit the nail on the head, I think. I think the <laughs> idea is that people have strengths in different creative areas. And just because you're a big name in one area doesn't mean you have any real say or influence or knowledge at all in another area. So and like sometimes you might, but... Like you know. Steven Spielberg may have an incredible idea for pacing of a movie or storytelling. That doesn't mean he's going to be a pr- good producer of Beyonce's next album. We did, we did skip over the fact that Jay-Z... I mean... I don't want to do the race card, but he is black, so he probably does know basketball. <laughs> you didn't just play the race card. Like, you literally <laughs> threw the race card on the ground and then stepped on it. No, I'm, I'm putting it up on a pedestal. The race card is up there. He probably knows <laughs> basketball. <laughs> so you guys are for – so then are you guys for having a big-name director do the cinematics? Because, like, on Resident Evil 5, when I worked on it, they brought it – uh, when we were animating, they brought, you know, the director of Pulse. Uh, the, the, what? Those cinematics are amazing, though, in Resident Evil 5. Like, I have to say, it is the best thing about that game. Well, it was funny. And Pulse isn't that bad of a movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. It's, it's it so has bad. its moments, guys. Do you, do you have any Pulse with it? trivia? Um, here's a trivia question about Pulse. <laughs> the director of Pulse also directed... <laughs> what movie? Cinematic. No, what it's so movie? easy yeah. to make it a question. <laughs> it's so easy to make it a question. No, you know... Here's a trivia question for you. How do you turn a statement into a question easily? <laughs> That's not really trivia, Fact. though. That's uh, just something fact. I need to know. <laughs> Apparently. Yes, uh, side note on that, ESPN would do cold hard facts. 
but they would just do it with a question. They're like, cold, hard facts. Is Michael Vick a quarterback? <laughs> You're just like, what? And they would have these things, and they did it like three times in a row. And so, like, for the next, like, day when I was uh, sitting there with a friend of mine, I would just go, fact, am I hungry? <laughs> and it would just be, like, cold, hard fact, False. am I thirsty? The answer is bare. Exactly. <laughs> I think they were trying to make a point about how truth is relative. <laughs> and you every got, fact You were diving deep right there. <laughs> Mind blown. So sticking on the game's front, uh, Kearney. Cliffy B leaving Epic. Or or, or exiting the building. Maybe not leaving. Cliffy B is going to be making mobile games in two years. Mark my words. (laughs) You think it's going to take two years? (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. It's going to take two years. But he's. Explain who who he is. So, Cliffy B, if you guys have ever played Gears of War, Unreal Tournament, Jazz the Jackrabbit. Like he, there's a company called Epic. <laughs> Jay's playing. Jay's like, That's the no, worst I'm, one to bring I'm, up I'm out of the all two. Of them except Jazz. Jazz. You've never played Jazz the Jackrabbit? No. That was supposed to be like Epic's mascot. That oh. was like a big deal in like the I'll early '90s. It it's like a platformer game. But anyways, Cliffy B was one of the co-founders of Epic Games, and if you haven't played any of those games, you know of Epic because pretty much any first-person, third-person game you're playing right now was done in an engine that they built called Unreal. And Cliffy B is a game director, game designer guy, and his big thing is he kind of went into, they were selling this um, engine, and he made these really kick-ass games, and actually kind of got this company that makes, probably should be making the majority of their money off of their engine, um, to be making a ton of money off of making really good, high-quality games. And he's relatively young to be... In the position. In position that he's in. And he's just or retired. Wasn't, yeah, or wasn't. And now he just said that he retired and doesn't know what he's going to do. But if you kind of look at where everybody goes when they say that, it seems like they go to mobile and start a company with Jeffy. one other guy. And especially a dude like Cliffy B, who when he first started making games, was probably him and a buddy making small games that they were selling on floppy, dri- floppy disks over the mail. Didn't they do Infinity you know? Blade? That was Chair. Chair was the developer that Epic bought. Gotcha. And so Epic does own them, and they put the engine. um, Chair is using the Unreal Engine on the iPhone, so it already works. There's a ton of games, actually, in Unreal on the iPhone. The interesting thing, though, too, is another big name from Epic left, and I don't remember what his name was, but they left at a fairly similar Similar time. So, I mean, maybe that means there's something going on. on Yeah, I mean, I think a guy like that, especially, like, he's done. He Gears of War, the trilogy ended. They're on to new things. He kind of co, he really sponsored, I guess, this company People Can Fly, which did a game called Bullet Storm. That's pretty cool and over the top, bloody um, first person game. And now that developer is um, doing the new Gears of War. And he, I don't know what his role was in that, but he was like pushing it really hard and pushing that studio. And so I feel like that was his big, like he got his buddy's studio pretty much bought by Epic and. He's kind of done all he can do, making big-ass cool console games. And now he is a, probably like a multi-multi-millionaire. Yeah, he and probably doesn't need to. He doesn't need to do anything. <laughs> and that was a conversation Jay and I had was I was like, at that point, I wouldn't start a new company. I would just go and live a crazy cool life. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure he's already lived a, a pretty cool yeah. life working on. Like, somebody told me a story that, like, Epic's parking lot is, like, Ferraris and Lamborghinis yeah. Yeah. and all sorts Jeez. of crazy stuff. And, and he can take 
I saw there was a video during Gears of War 1. There's a video of him, like, taking his boss's Lamborghini out. Like, he's like, I'm going to take his car out. This is how I live my life. Like, he's trying to seem, like, cool. But, like, he just, like, steals his boss's keys and gets in his boss's, like, Lamborghini and drives away. That's how I roll. (laughs) But that's (laughs) when you get to that statue. Stature. There we go. Statute. Um, That's when you consult. Yeah. So that's when you go onto you a game. It's just like this was exactly like, like a week of sitting in an office. Uh-huh, like, and it's just and, like, you know, oh, you know, from like 10 to three. Then that's when like the game can sit there and plop that name, as, you know, with Cliffy B as, you know, executive producer or something like that. But the thing this. is, I'd rather personally, I'd rather have an interested Jay-Z <laughs> on my game than a disinterested Cliffy B mm. when both of them are serving the same purpose. Like Cliffy B is is by like all accounts probably a better game designer definitely a better game designer but if he's just there to collect that paycheck and Jay-Z's there because he doesn't need the paycheck and he just literally is I'm a huge fan of your game and yeah. I want to help make it better I kind of would take Jay-Z then <laughs> that being sense. said yeah. I, I don't think he did anything to NBA 2K13 <laughs> <laughs> nothing he picked probably a good soundtrack which yeah. is what he's great at I'm sure Jack I got a question for you so Tim Cook CEO of Apple posted a uh, an open letter pretty much to everybody saying is that what we're calling I'm an it idiot. A, are we calling it an open letter or an I'm, apology you know yeah <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, I think it's an apology yeah basically that's what I was going to say he's apologizing for how atrocious iOS 6 maps is oh, he didn't God. hear this, the podcast from three weeks ago he didn't when I said yeah. it was great it was great even though <laughs> it steered me right to the wrong entrance of LAX uh, so my question to you is one what do you think of the apology and two what do you think of the fact that it's being hyped that people are, like, blogging about how great it was. The apology? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's all drinking the Kool-Aid. I, I think the only thing <laughs> – I mean, I, it, it's, it's great. It's hopeless. I, it, it's, it's great if we're saying great that he had to apologize and the grander schemes. No, it's not great anybody has to apologize for <laughs> software. Let's start there, let alone a company who touts itself on being holier than God. So there's that. It's great though that he mentioned you could get a link to Google. <laughs> I was actually – I was actually – <laughs> I, my, my jaw dropped at that portion of it. Um, I was impressed. He he offered other ideas to get maps other than his, which that that's balls. I'm sure the board gave him some shit about that. Like you could have just apologized. <laughs> you don't need to let other people figure out where to get it. Other yeah. than I could see he he touted it go to the app store, right? Mm-hmm. So it's still a ploy to be like, hey, go back and spend money on our crappy system we've designed. Is yeah. that what caused their stock to drop like 15 bucks? Because Fifteen. It's dropped over uh, sixty dollars in the last two weeks. Really? Yeah, that number. Holy <laughs> 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 after, um, after it dropped fifteen, I stopped paying attention. <laughs> as far as what I as far as what I think of it, I the the perfect example. And I was going to throw this back after I read it. I was going to go. My example is our own Josh Sabrat. Yeah, which I, we I will was, post an image on Facebook. I Josh, just explain explain <laughs> your explain oh, your running good. route so <laughs> from from so Apple Maps. One, wonderful Apple Maps. Uh, as as I have my arm, you know, as as I'm going on a jog here, I, I put the you know map my run. <laughs> I was just going around the block, and like, this like this though. Yeah, apparently, <laughs> this these new uh, map uh, these new maps just seem to have made me go run on the 405. Not even run on streets, but in a squiggly, drunk fashion through houses, <laughs> through backyards. How'd, through you back- feel? How'd you feel? Good. And you know what was funny? You're I was I was running, and it hit uh, three minutes, and it's like time one mile. You know, pace three. I was like, I just ran a mile in three minutes. <laughs> I was just 
And so every single looks like he went and saw a movie. Yeah, too. every <laughs> single three mo- every single at uh, three minutes it would guy call time. You know, you have run two point. I was like, no, I have not. <laughs> I was like, no one's over there. What we're calling, is that? We're calling it Josh's ambient run. Is there, <laughs> like, is there like a, a, a tracking portion of maps that'll track where you're going? Yeah, yeah. It's just there's just uh, there's there, there's a Nike, a Nike app, app, and yeah. then there's so also you're using a you, separate app that's using, using its, it's yeah, yeah, it's using it's, it's, it's this thing called like Map My Run, and you just hit record, right. and it just GPSs you, and then shows you where you are, and when you've hit one mile, it like tells you and your pace yeah. and how fast you're going and stuff, and you know, so yeah, okay. I just I got you. I just normally do that, oh, and amazing. that shit was just plugging in like time. You've reached one mile at three minutes, <laughs> and I did just like Cruising. fuck it. This is just going to be totally screwed anyway. So I just ran a normal route that I know the the mileage. And by the time I got back to the house, and I hit stop, and then I looked at my route, and it just had this squiggle line of me walking just all over Sherman well, Oaks. That that is like it sucks for maps but that sucks for nike and it sucks for all the other apps that are using maps 100 percent, because i you know i don't you know, like you know want it or i mean not that i won't use it but i mean it's not reliable now right but i mean you know when we're all just beating up on apple i don't understand why and you're I, and so i'm not done well no i just don't understand it. that's why you're so upset that it it made you feel like you were faster than you are <laughs> <laughs> i mean that's you're looking a gift horse in the mouth right now very, very so true really I, you know i need to you know Square out my, That's what pri- my priorities here. Where's your open letter of apology? <laughs> <laughs> he also, it's funny too, he, he mentions, I love how he comes back around on the article and he says, but you know, millions are using this. <laughs> okay, millions have no choice. Yeah. <laughs> you updated your phone or bought a new one and it gave it to you. And it said, you can't use Google unless you link to it, but they didn't tell people that until his apology letter. <laughs> So people like me, I'm like, do I go to the website? Because I'm not using this because it's, it's, it didn't work for me as well as Jay a couple episodes ago. You know, it worked. But don't don't tout how many people use it. Yeah. Don't give me the how many people own a phone. Yeah. yeah. That, 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 that doesn't sell me. But personally, <laughs> I feel the same way I did uh, when it first came out. Stick to what you're good at. That's just my feeling. And I'm not saying they're not good at software. This was developed by another company who spent almost their whole career as a company working on map development. Why, and for the love of God, when you have a business model where you are now the highly, the highly ranked company in the world, most profitable, profitable, would you, would you screw people on a on a second rate? Just my opinion on a second rate system when it's done by somebody else, dude. You you don't need to cut into that market. There's no market really to cut into. Well, I do think the other side of that coin though is the iPhone, is you know why like that was one that if they they could have totally botched the phone. And they managed to go on top and, and really push them into what the business is. But now. it's a designed product, which is what they are this, good at. Yeah, designed true, products. True. This is not a designed product. This uh, is a, this is a that's proven functional. App. That's See, a functional. Product. Just, I think even software though, Apple's built its entire career off of seeing what other people have done and doing it better. I mean, from the very beginning to the first user interface that Steve Jobs stole from Xerox, that was software. Fair, fair, fair enough. But they failed but this Go- one. Google, oh, and, oh, Google, yeah. Google Maps <laughs> has never – Google and Maps, Malcolm. in my opinion, and people I know, Google Maps has never once in any of my friends, somebody come to me and go, fuck, Google Maps suck. I'm going back to uh, – what was the other one? MapQuest. Like, Map Map Not <laughs> once, ever. So this wasn't software how many times I got lost that was touted ever yeah. that I saw. I'm sure there's websites, but I, I never personally saw from anybody or heard from friends 
that this ever was shitty software. Yeah. You know what ever. else you haven't heard has ever caused a problem? It's Bing Maps. No one, uses no one it. uses it. <laughs> well, my <laughs> thing is they're using the map data they're getting from another company. From TomTom. Yeah, Tom. that's where my, Tom, Tom, my yeah. question that's is, like, from an engineering perspective, is it the, the integration of the TomTom-like software that failed, or is it just the TomTom software itself that failed? Well, we're back to the whole... Now we're back in even to them cutting corners. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's go back to Google. I just Their own <laughs> shit. Yeah. They needed nobody else. And Apple, when they've done great things, they've needed nobody else. It's their own entity. Now they're saying, we can make money because it won't cost us much to license map shit that's done, mm-hmm. but we'll just build around it. You're not making it better. You're, right. you're just... You're, you want maps for yourself so people get your phone and be like... I love I love Apple Maps. It's the best. It's a really pretty interface, guys. It is. <laughs> Listen, say, you I'll, might not know where you're going, but it's going to be so beautiful while you drive <laughs> just looking at how cool that interface is. I so will say uh, I've got the iPhone 5, and I've used Maps to get me, I don't know, 10 places so far. Uh, You've gotten to six of those completely fine. I was actually going to say I've gotten to all ten. Uh, <laughs> they're very, very common locations. Uh, not quite as common as LAX. Uh, really thought that they would have really that one on the head. Not as common as the, the world's I might try. I not might as common try, as a block. I might I try ran. LAX tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> just to see, see what happens. Don't uh, do it. I do have to go to the airport, so we'll see what happens. Um, but it's worked <laughs> for ten. Ten for ten. I'm just gonna stop now. Yeah, I haven't so. had any problems either, but I mean, seeing that map is yeah. just like mind blowing. Oh, dude, it was. But <laughs> I've done, I've done, I've done like every trail, other ones, uh, like every. I use the Every Trail app, like when I mountain bike and even snowmobile and stuff like that. And I've had like the GPS just like like bug out and back on my four on my three G, like where it just kind of. Well, if you're doing it in the, just, you know, in the back in woods yeah. and stuff like that, depending on how strong your signal is. Four or five is. in the one hundred and one shouldn't have exactly. <laughs> I'm just like you know. Well, if you're doing it in back-end woods to start with, John, you've already started a problem. <laughs> yeah. And I will say, this is this is my own naive, never owning a GPS, like an actual like GPS unit, or even ever downloading any of the other map alternatives, because when Google, I never had to. Uh, when the 4 or 5 was closed last weekend, and I was going somewhere, and I punched in an address, it the 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 Apple Maps told me that. I was like, that's cool. Yeah. You know, so it told me that it was closed and gave me alternatives around that. I was like, sweet. Although, having the 405 <laughs> closed, I did come up with a couple ideas of how they could have made the Maps app better. So if the first one is, like, have it know where you're supposed to go to. Okay, so let's do that one. <laughs> fine, but, fine, Let's fine. cover the basics. But there is, like, a couple things that I thought Apple missed of, like, Apple Touch of, like, oh, this is the Maps app for stupid people, which is what I thought they were going to make. It's like, here's a Maps app that knows what you want before you want it. And the one thing that these all of these GPS apps don't do is they don't let you say on the fly, I'm not going to take that route. Like, if a street's closed... There's nothing I can touch that just goes, listen, there's nothing I can do. This street's closed. Stop telling me to reroute me to take a U-turn. Because right. I was on, in Long Beach, and I was on a street that – there was a street that was closed, and the a- app just kept telling me, get on this street. And I was like, no. Nope. So I just told my wife, I was like, just take a right, and then it'll correct itself. And it just kept saying, like, no, no, take a U-turn and then go back <laughs> go to that back street. To street. <laughs> and it took it, you know, 20 minutes of us driving in the opposite direction to finally go, oh, hang a left here, and you can hop on the freeway. Like the Google Maps uh, web, the actual, if you do it through the web, you can do that, right? You can yeah. admit, like, I want to go here without going through this Exactly. And Apple does let you choose different routes, but once you're on the route, there's no way to call an audible. And I just was <laughs> like, there was a part of me that was just like, that is exactly what Apple's founded on, is doing that, of just this, like, basic thing where it's like, oh, I bet people are, like, super schizophrenic about how they drive, and if they encounter traffic, they're going to want to go, I don't want this anymore, I want something else. 
and they don't make it as it's not as easy to use, but it's so beautiful. <laughs> and I like I said, I use Street View a lot because normally mm. <clears throat> I can get to where I'm going like just by seeing it on a map. It's like cool, and I don't need to GPS to follow me. But I hate sitting there and like seeing an address. And then having to look on the building, 1704, Well, we don't stalk ex-girlfriends like you, so you know, it, we don't need street music. We all have our faults. Vices. We yeah. all have our vices. You know, we all have our vices. But, um, yeah, I will always, like, just go into street view and just see the, the outside of the building and see that's what it is. Yeah. So I don't need to sit there and, you know, look for addresses. And now I was, like, I was just hitting it, and then it was just giving me a top-down. And I'm just like, well, what, is it? what does it look like? What about the 3D <laughs> renderings? Those don't help. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a good thing that Apple's not producing their own autonomous vehicle. No. <laughs> Which is a great <laughs> segue. Sure we <laughs> segue. Jay, you want to touch on that? Sean, you should get an award for that transition. <laughs> Maybe Sean should touch on that. I, I guess so. <laughs> that you, was a great segue. You, you, you teed yourself fan. up. <laughs> Go ahead, roll Die, it. He's got the you got the details, buddy. All right, well, <laughs> I guess I'll talk. <laughs> uh, grumble, grumble, real reluctant. Oh uh, no, I, I think it was uh, probably a week and a half ago. There was an announcement that California has officially signed a bill that will allow uh, robotic vehicles to to drive on the highways, which for me is just like one of the biggest hurdles to actually seeing that stuff happen. Because I've always like I'm. Ever the futurist, like, anytime there's, like, a program on Discovery Channel about, about the future, I'm like, when is that going to happen? But it's like, now. Well, but it's never, yeah, well, it's never going to happen because if it happens, future. then it'll be the present. So. Right, yeah. <laughs> that was good. Then you'll get people being like, that you was so, driving your car? That was so intelligent, media? it was stupid. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, what's interesting to me is usually you think, I think you're just touching on this, usually you think um, there's this incredible technology or this incredible advancement we can make for you know humankind, <laughs> but it's not going to get any traction because politics. Right. Because somebody somewhere is going to have an opinion that's going to stand in its way, and that person's in office. So we just screwed the human advancement over because of this <clears throat> one person's opinion or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but this is the first time where really you think, holy cow! Like we're not really anywhere super close to this being available, mm-hmm. but doors are already opening up for it politically, yeah. which is Here, that's pretty amazing. The, the funny thing I think of is like. Like whenever you think of like autonomous vehicles or self-driving vehicles, like you obviously go you go to sci-fi or Batman. movies and any of those stuff, and they're always doing awesome stuff. Yeah, the vehicles that can do that, like the self-driving vehicles now, do boring shit. They just <laughs> they just go in traffic and they yeah. drive. And there's they don't, a like, race. There is a race, and I don't know what it's called, but it's across the desert. DARPA, like, DARPA, DARPA, and it's like uh, like a whole bunch of autonomous vehicles that just get from point A to point B. Yeah. And they run into a ditch. They got to figure out how to get yeah. out themselves. Yeah, yeah. And that the person, actually is the DARPA stuff is. Very, and the very person cool. who won has won that is uh, the guy who works for now Google and has designed their autonomous. Mm-hmm. He's a he's at Stanford, right? Uh-huh. I think didn't isn't he? Didn't you meet him uh-huh. once? Uh-huh. So I mean, I mean. No, it is. Like it's super 10 cool. 10 to 20 years. Oh, yeah. There's going to be autonomous vehicles. Yeah. On the well, you got does, Nevada. Does you got Nevada. You got 10 California. To 20, 10 to probably 20. less. Probably less. No, really? Do you, uh, what, what's your guess? I'd say more like 10. 10 years. 10 and years. we're going to have. 10 years? 10 At years. At least semi autonomous. And you can buy a car that could, what, drive you to work? Yeah. 10 years. Does anybody remember the article? Not, I mean. We're not. For, I'm sorry. I was going to say, we're not far off. My, you know. Susie's car breaks automatically. It has there's par- forward cars and back. That it breaks parallel park themselves. Well, I mean, it breaks That's for itself now. Have you ever seen those things in action? They suck. No, I just uh, saw commercials. I've been <laughs> I've been in one. I've done it. It's and it's like before, and weird. it's like an empty spot, and then it after, is, and you're like, not and it's all, upside down. Not all the time. It's upside down. Not all the time. <laughs> but tumbles. I've been in one that's done it, and it is the weirdest sensation. I mean, you mean giving up control? Yes, yeah, yeah, you're yeah. literally sitting in there, and it's not it's not give up control because the ones now like the Lincolns. 
it's you're still on the brake. Like you're still mm. controlling the brake, and all it's doing is when you let off the brake, it's applying the right throttle. But like you're sitting there, and all of a sudden, like you know, right when your mirror passes their other mirror, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, well, uh, I'm not sure. I really like that. I don't know if I really <laughs> like that. I didn't check any mirrors. I don't really know, computer. So if we get autonomous vehicles, are we gonna have to have brake pedals in every seat now? Because you can be like, I'm gonna sit in the back seat. <laughs> oh I'm shit! Go, I'm go take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, does anybody does well. anybody though remember when we had this conversation about the aftermarket and what it would cost? And like we got into like oh, yeah. an argument. I remember that with Jack because he was like oh. sitting there. Oh. I'm only paying this much. Yeah, we're period. only paying this much. I and like, how much for an aftermarket? How much for the actual car? And nobody understood the question <laughs> yeah. whatsoever. And, and it was, was just like, like what did Jack I argue? was like, no, Jack and, I, Jack and I understood the question. No, you didn't. No, 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 no we understood you it. Didn't. It was like between you two of not of not, of not being I able to. That. No, it, the question was if you could go buy, let's just take a Toyota Corolla <clears> right now. And you could say it's thirty grand for a Toyota Corolla, and you could say, but for thirty-five grand, for five grand more, you can have the autonomous Toyota Corolla. Easy, easiest yeah. purchase I'd make I don't in think my that life. That was the argument. No, that, that, that wasn't the thing. Was, no, I think that's that cheaper than an automatic transition. And how? Yeah. And Jack how said no. Jack said he wouldn't could do. Could you be? You <laughs> yeah, could you save don't, so much time. Jack so need to go to the archives. This was like this was like no no seriously I I can see I'm I'm honestly I'm trying to get so negative that I come up with a reason why. Other than I think was it had to do with the fact that we started with a Corolla? No, it was more, no. I thought it was back when you got it was your BMW. No, no, I thought it was like thirty k more, and I'm like, okay, listen, I'm not putting thirty k more into a Corolla. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that's what it was. That's, that's what, what it was. Like he wasn't going like it was an aftermarket thing, or if it was like the like, whole price of the car. So that was a whole <laughs> argument on its own. Jay explained it much better this time around. Yeah, that was the whole argument. It's been a year. We figured I, out how. And to then sell and then at the end of the conversation, Jack was just like. I wouldn't do it. <laughs> and it was just, that was it. That was it. He just wouldn't do it. I did think of a scenario, I think, of with autonomous vehicles that would be pretty funny. Um, so this this goes, this goes coincides with, like, be able, being able to remotely control your vehicle as well. So you'd be like, hey, car, take me to work. All right, cool. She takes you to work. You're all good. Parks and everything. And then your wife's like, hey, car. <laughs> I got to go to the grocery store. Can you come pick me up? So you go out to lunch with your buddies, and you're like, Fuck, where's my car? <laughs> your wife's got your car taking her to go do shopping and shit. And then you're like, hey, car, come get me for lunch. Yeah. And all of a sudden your wife's at work with it. Well, I think even better is Drop what I would do to Jay's off. car is I'd say Jay would drive his car to work. He'd go, hey, car, take me to work. And it would take, take him to work. And then I'd get in his car when he wasn't looking. And I'd reprogram home to be in Orange County. And then when he said, hey, car, take me home and took a little nap. Because, you know, you take a little nap on the way home. You'd end up in Orange County and you'd have to drive all the way uh, home. There's, there's so much more places you could so send. Many like Mexico? Like I sent him down to Mexico. Hold on. Have you guys been to Orange County? <laughs> Not where you're going, clearly. <laughs> Go so, pick up my crack cocaine and drive across the border. So back to Sean. You were mentioning, do we need a, a brake pedal in every seat? I I'm not an expert on the bill that's passed, but I believe the law says that there still has to be a human being behind the wheel. Mm. I believe this that the human being that doesn't human have being to be driving. Could be a baby in a or bitch. conscious. <laughs> <laughs> and can they talk on their cell phones though? Like, or do like are they really driving? Because the reason I like autonomous cars is I was thinking about this a day or two ago. I was like, what is the most amount of time that I'm wasting in my average day? And I wouldn't say sleeping, because sleeping, I'm like recharging energy, Brush, brushing blah, blah, your blah. Teeth. 
Brushing my teeth, I'm that I'm falling in love all over again. <laughs> but the time I'm wasting most is on my way to and from work every day. I'm wasting my time. Like I, I could be doing so much more than listening to the same stupid Spotify station. You should be listening to Nerdtastic and 3D podcast. Well, I I listen to that once a week already. <laughs> live. Yeah, I listen to it. Live. I'm pretty to sure it I again. waste most of my time at <laughs> Boom. signs. Stop. But if you but imagine if you could have your laptop totally. open, you're like Doing stuff, and I was talking to our boss, Tim, was saying that he lived in Japan and he would take the train to and from work. And he's like, "You don't understand how much personal time I had. I made games, I had hobbies, I knew so much about music and movies because he had an hour." The each internet way. was exactly. all his. Yeah, yeah. I like sculpted on that. All you can do is just be productive in a very personal way. Yeah. So periodically, over the last uh, you know forty-five years or so, I've taken the train down from Santa Clarita. And it's not quite long enough to really do anything. But actually, the biggest problem is it's actually a so- social awkwardness that I've encountered, which is I will get onto the train, I will have my laptop, and I will think I really want to take this time to, to do something, right? Use it to be cre- creative or do something. And someone will sit down to you, uh, next to you that you know, that you're oh, familiar with. I don't have the capacity yeah, in me to tell somebody – I'm sorry, I'm shutting myself away. I don't want to talk to you. Like, I can't mm-hmm. do that. I don't know how I could do that. So, you could do that so much better in a car. Exactly. Yeah, right? you Exactly you right. Like, so, nah. that's my, my problem with Because <laughs> everyone's like that already. Anyway. You don't need to flip people off when you're in a car, though. Why not? But that's my, okay. that's my whole thing about the train. <laughs> I do. I, I'm pretty sure I would have my car doing menial tasks for me, like a, like a butler. I'd be like, car, uh, go get me some soda. <laughs> well, that was my. And would fucking do that shit for me. <laughs> My whole thing. I call, call the grocery store and I'd be like, "Hey, grocery store, I got a car coming. Can you just pack it?" Would you wait a second? Back. When you say you'd call a grocery store, you mean you'd call the building apparently because yeah. you'd tell it. Hey, it building, just just put it in the back. <laughs> Drive it home. Go ahead, Jason. Sorry, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. We can There's move so on. So many. <laughs> So many autonomous But no, trains. I agree that the problem with trains and planes I have is I have the same idea when I'm on a plane that I'm going to be so – I'm going to be personal and work on something or do something. And then someone comes on the plane and we start talking and I'm like, I don't want to be in this conversation. Planes, mm. planes, I've, I've got it down. Planes, you immediately get on and put headphones in. Nope, doesn't stop people. Does not stop uh, people. Every time stops <laughs> Does people. Noise-canceling headphones do not stop people. Who are you sitting next to? Yeah. You guys I, just don't. I'm literally don't sitting look. there watching, like, freaking Fallen Skies, and I'm, like, watching it, and I get this, like, like bump on my shoulder, and I'm like, he's like, and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> you watching Fallen Skies? Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about it. Like, 25 <laughs> minutes, she's talking about it. I'm like. I'm watching the show. Can I just watch the show? Like, yeah, even is, reading. Like, like, I was, I was, yeah, I was you guys reading. Don't look angry enough. <laughs> I was reading Walking Dead, and then like the guy next to me is just like, "Oh, isn't that a, isn't that a show?" Just like I looked up, I'm like, "Yeah, cool. It's a show. Is it any good?" Yeah. It's also a comic book, and I'm trying yeah. to read it exactly. Right then he just like he he used that foot in the door <laughs> to just start going like. So yeah, I'm traveling from San Diego, <laughs> and just and then just started to keep sure, going sure. off, and I'm yeah, just like, much uh, like the characters uh, of The correct, Walking Dead. Correct me if I'm wrong, though. Didn't you and Jay get tattoos to scare these people off? Exactly. You trick people that it's cool. It's not. To you be would cool. think I look yeah. intimidating, but no. Not until so you get the teardrops of who's you've killed. Exactly. Will you gotta get a neck tear for that. Yeah. Adam also got a tattoo for the exact same reason. 
That, that it really that scared just nobody. Invites people I, to call my mom. I, I, <laughs> I, weird. I never have this problem. I, I, there's this must you're an be asshole. You're, you're, you're an asshole. You guys, you, you gotta be non-approachable. You're a creeper. You gotta be non-approachable. You're the creeper that was reported to me in the area. Yeah. Is there something about your posture that makes you not approachable? Yeah, it's this right here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't you ride public transportation in the nude? Wasn't that a thing you said you were into? <laughs> that was like three times. You can't hold me to that. Three times but but apparently the, the, state of Los An- the state of California can because <laughs> well, they did hold you because of that. Yeah. Nudist carpool. They just didn't yeah. understand. I'm pretty sure you get way too many people wanting to talk to you. Yeah. <laughs> you're sitting nude in there. Well, hello. Hey, Pecco, uh, <laughs> so Zigna. Zigna. Are they Zinga. still open? Zigna. They are still open. <laughs> well, they've never Zinga. been. Zinga. They've never been open. They've never really been. Zinga open. actually has been open. <laughs> I'm still sticking with my Zinga. Zinga. <laughs> Honestly, I don't even remember what I just called it. <laughs> yeah, Zinga is. Uh, it seems to be in a downward spiral right now, and you know they were basically one of those companies that were at the top of the world yesterday, or you know yesteryear, and this last couple months they've just been you know. Falling straight to the ground, so they were on top of the world before they went public. Yeah, basically. Yeah, and and, and that's kind of a, maybe a scary thing for like a company like Facebook too, <laughs> yeah. looking at it, where they're kind of you're seeing the same sort of thing. But for me, I think the the whole thing with Zynga is, uh, you know, as a a game developer, I I, I don't want to have a chip on my shoulder or anything, but like Zynga games don't really do it for me and and I, I feel like a lot of their games are kind of you can say because they buy other really, games they don't they, make they their skew games lower they're just they skew towards a lower demographic yeah like, a, like a they, younger demographic they don't want actually actually i you know they probably say different they don't want you right they want the housewife they want the 50 to 70 year old woman who's mm-hmm. home all the time yeah to play their games exactly and and they but the, the my problem i think too is that they it, it seems that they just continue to make the same game over and over and over and over again and that is the reason because all the people who play their games have already played all their games and have already played all their future games as well and so people just have but they're not really on. made to end they're well, made well, to just keep yeah. spending money which is they you made know, what farmville yep which and is, that's it well, they've made like a hundred other games, just like Farmville just like Farmville. Well. So again, uh, they just made Farmville. <laughs> they have other games that other people have made. Like uh, was it the World Wars? Well, Wars Mafia Wars. Wars. Well, Mafia Wars was popular on Facebook for a right. long time. All their Facebook games, and then then they're with friends games, you know. But those but those are games that they bought, and like even those guys, le- what like left mm-hmm. that left the company. Yeah, they too? just left the company. Yeah, but I the, stopped playing all those games. So. As an aside, the most interesting thing that I've seen or heard in the last week is that there is a Words with Friends, Words with Friends board game, which uh, used to go by Scrabble. Exactly, but it's published by Hasbro, who makes Scrabble. So I guess they were completely fine. Now the company does, however, though, in their lunchroom had the coolest. This has been in our topics list forever, and I Mm. saw has the coolest video wall to play. Halo or any other first-person shooter. I think it's like 16 screens. Yeah, four big. And then like 16 Xboxes hooked up. And it just, the picture shows in the lobby all these dudes in this like giant like mosh pit all with their controllers yeah. playing up on this huge monitor. I was like, okay, that's They're crazy sick. about everything like that. I have a couple friends who went there. There was a big, probably like two, three years ago, a lot of people were going up there. They were hiring like crazy. And they're very big on that Bay Area sort of like startup y Silicon Valley vibe. They had a zombie day. <laughs> even This even beats zombie day. They had a day where I had a couple pictures posting, a couple friends posting pictures of they hired a bunch of clowns and circus performers <laughs> to greet everybody as they walked in. <laughs> 
to Zynga, and then they served cotton candy and funnel cakes for the rest of the day. They did a zombie day where everybody was zombies. Like, they hired people as actors to walk around the building as zombies, and they played, like, a big zombie game. We're like, oh, you got bit by a zombie, now you're a zombie. Mm-hmm. And, like, they do things that must cost. I mean, the budgets for the games You want to hammer money? Work yeah. Listen to Sean. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I mean, like, that's literally what these guys do, and there is a part of me that goes, I wonder if you get a board of directors, and they go... I mean, I'm sure they're probably used to that, but there is a part of me that says, like, some guy opens, like, a manila envelope and is like, so what do you spend all this money on? Oh, you spend a million dollars on, uh, this is uh, called street performers? Well, what's, that, what's that item line? And it's like, what well. What game is that? Yeah. <laughs> and it's crazy. And, I mean, the people seem to really dig it. Like, the few friends I have there are always like, how crazy we can bring our dogs to work and you can, like, bring your grandma and there's shuffleboard. Like, yeah. just, like, no matter any stupid thing you can think of, they're, like, doing it, you yeah. know? But the, 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 I guess my – like, I, I'd love to hear from somebody who, who works there and, and can tell me a little bit about the creative environment, but it doesn't seem like either there's the ideas aren't there or that even if the ideas are there, somebody's saying, no, we're making these kind of games that, you know – that's a, they were whether or not they're still pro, they were profitable. There's no right. doubt that they, they were profitable, and that was I think one of the big things why Facebook wanted to I think for a while get so connected to them to be like, hey, this is making a lot of money. You're making us a lot of money. Why don't we keep doing this? Right. I they must still be making money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just I I don't know all the backstory exactly why that stock tanked. Other than obviously it, it is so well connected to Facebook. Mm-hmm. Facebook not doing well. Right. Showed, but they still got to be making money. I mean, the studio is still there. Yeah. I had a friend do a test for them, an, an art test for them. So, I, you know, I would think they're still doing stuff. It's just a matter of what's uh, even the, what's it, going on. Like, are they just are they losing money now? Maybe like they're the, just like not not making as much money. You know, they're making be, money, but be. they're not making. And much they're money. doing some stuff. I know they're acquiring people and acquiring studios, and they're kind of building some stuff. I think also there is this culture. And I think this is like everywhere, be it like tech news and entertainment news and stuff like that, where we love people to succeed, succeed, succeed. And then we're at the top. We're like, oh my God, I can't wait until they fall. And mm. then we jump on that. And you're seeing it with Apple at number one. You're seeing it with Activision at number one. Like EA used to be the punching bag. Now EA is great and Activision sucks. Yeah. And like, yeah. that's going to change, right? And yeah. like, and it's the same thing you know, Apple and Microsoft, like, you know, what used to be the evil empire is now the underdog and what mm-hmm. used to be the underdog is now the evil empire. Yeah. And I wonder if part of that is just it's a self-fulfilling prophecy that Zynga cannot be number one for so long. So we're going to pounce on a stock drop or something. And then it's going to become this vicious cycle of because we pounced on it, it keeps dropping. Yeah. Because it keeps dropping, we keep pouncing it, on it. It also, <clears throat> like I had friends that had interviewed there, like, you know, Jack said too, like he had friends. The vibe that my friends that would come out of, you know, uh, from their interview is, you know, kind of like the whole you'd be lucky if you worked here, Mm -hmm. like sort of mentality where it's just like we're kind of awesome and everything. So it's kind of like that makes it like kind of like an unappealing company. You know, you just kind of get like too big for your britches. Like when when we used to me and Jack, when we worked at Sony, you know, they were huge. They were, you know, they just come off the Oscar for winning uh, Spider-Man 2. And stuff, and, and they had like twelve movies going at once, you know. And they they were the place to be, you know. But then at the same time, all of a sudden they're just getting underbid, underbid, undercut, underbid by every other place because they're going like, well, you know, we did Spider Man, so if you want to come here, you have to pay this. Mm-hmm. And now they're just like a call center of just you know like a sweatshop that is just you're in, you're out, you're in, you're out because they're you know, yeah, 
they, they, they suck. So it's like that mentality is, you know, kind of in a way that I think, you know, is mirroring, you know, Zing is thought, mirroring that. I've always thought Google was like that. Or I guess, I and I don't know from personal experience, I just have always in my head anticipated if it ever got to a point of interviewing with them, I just picture a bunch of other nerds looking at me but judging me yeah. in, 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 in a totally different light. Like you were just not nerdy enough. So it would be totally weird, and I already get, like, anxiety over people who make me uncomfortable like that. <laughs> so to have, like, three of them in my nightmares staring down at me for this job that they're like, dude, really? We're fucking Google. Dude, yeah. this is a really specific <laughs> situation of yours. Yeah. Like, it is. I've had a, that nightmare, nightmare. About, about Google. About Google. That's because Google's just full of engineers, and most software engineers just think they're better than you. Every, well, they're, they're, all, guy, they're, they're all better elitist. than the guy next to them. Yeah, exactly. I, know that, I know they think that. So to me, the guy coming in, what are you? If you're better than them, they're not going to hire you. Yeah. If you're too low, then they're not going to hire you. You, you literally like, need to be just, just something's got to be them. just right there. Yeah. Do you guys know anybody who's, who's I had a friend who uh, interviewed, interviewed for them, and it was multiple days. And here's the kicker. He decided not to interview. He was going to go through with it. He had thought, like, he had already kind of accepted another job and had something else going. And, like, anybody else was like, well, I should follow through. And then when he heard what the interview was, he ended up bailing on it. They do um, an initial phone screen, which is, like, multiple people. Like, when we phone screen people for our job, it's one person. And then you get passed on to a normal interview session where it's, you know, you get interviewed by, like, three or four people over the course of, like, you know, there's an interview with two people here, two people there, two people there, then you go home. Google, they fly, by the time they fly you up, you've already been interviewed twice over the phone, one of which is a huge thing. You have to prepare. They give you a week to prepare a presentation and you stand in a room with a PowerPoint and you pitch to them the presentation that they gave you. Like they give you a homework assignment and say, pitch that to us. That takes two hours and then you spend the rest of the day interviewing with people who are critiquing your presentation. Jesus. And this was coming from a guy who already had a job. My friend was like, I, he was working at the what place was, I was What was this at. for? Was it, what, what kind of job? This was um, design, like graphic design. So he wanted wow. to be a designer, so they'd give you something um, that was design-related, you'd present to them, and then your interview was half, you know, your normal, like, oh, so do you like your, you know, why do you want to work here? But mainly was like, yeah, so in your presentation, and he was like, I don't have the time. He like, <laughs> I have two kids, and I have a full-time job, and in order for me, they're going to fly me up there, and literally you're going to spend two days at our campus, and you're going to have to present to people instantly. After the, uh, the, the think tank internship before I, w I came over to mobile I had an interview lined up with YouTube and they sent me a uh, uh, engineering test and it was like 12 questions like pretty hardcore like algorithm sort of questions and then they were like and be prepared on the interview it's a phone interview there's going to be some sort of app on that you can log on to that you will do whiteboard problems over the phone while we're interviewing wow. and I was like okay I'm excited about this. And then Tim was like, hey, do you want to come work in mobile? I was like, yes, I do. I want to come work in mobile. <laughs> yeah, do you know the interviews at our company are – the interviews that I do with people are like I talk to them about whatever blog I read that morning. <laughs> like no joke. I, like, it's so just, come interview at Disney Mobile. Yeah, interview – if you want a game design job at Disney Mobile, just come on by. And if you're not a douchebag, I'm like, well, somebody else screened the resume. I'm sure they're great. Because by the time somebody gets – this is my big thing. By the time you get to the interview, especially at a big corporation like Disney – there are so many people have seen your resume, and I have, like, seen your portfolio, and I already like that. I've already done 
that part. So the interview for me is like, do I want to spend yeah. the next two years sitting next to you? Yeah, like that's if all you're I'm a douche wondering. and uh, you know if you can get along yeah. with people. That is the number one, one thing, that dude. Is the yeah. number one in, in our industry. You have so to if you're be, you can learn everything person. else. <laughs> yeah. So I uh, I interviewed up at Microsoft and I had to prepare a presentation. What? I had to, crazy. I had to deliver it in front of a room full of people. I had to answer questions about the presentation afterwards. And then I was up there for a full day, and I had individual interviews with lots of different key people, some of which were asking more specifics about the presentation. But the presentation was just more about – it wasn't about a specific assignment. It was a presentation uh, – they want to see an actual verbal and visual presentation on who you are and where you've been. So it was basically a this presentation your of, of your Did resume. Did you do like you a diorama baby, the baby or picture? any kind of – Yeah. Did you start? <laughs> And then uh, Jason is born. This is where I begin. <laughs> the Venn diagram. Times yeah. I'm happy. <laughs> Times I'm wearing <laughs> pants. <laughs> That's my favorite Venn diagram, and they're not together. Did you do it to take my breath away? <laughs> boom, 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 boom. <laughs> and then I, uh, and then one of the pieces in there was an interview with uh, uh, key software engineering people, and in they, they, you know, I actually went to lunch with them, had lunch with them. They came back to a room, and they a room very similar like this, a conference room with a whiteboard, and they handed me a pen, and they stood up. They're like, okay, go ahead and stand up. We have a question for you. And it was, okay, there are 16 horses. Uh, they all have to race each other. Or you need to find out the four fastest horses. You can only do a race of four horses at a time, basically heap sorting. Yep. And I had to answer and go solve through the problem algorithmically on the whiteboard in front of a room full of people. Yeah. Wait, wait, With everyone I can solve this one. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's. You I, shoot, I, you shoot like what ten of them, and then you just. <laughs> yeah, you, you, do you ask that right away? Go. Do I have a gun? Yeah, <laughs> or a bat, or anything to break legs? Where's the trick? <laughs> engineering test. That's that's really the entire thing is just to to watch you problem solve. It's process. It's yeah. How do you get from point A to point B? And if you don't know the answer, how do you find it? That's it. I did a game design test once. I interviewed for a job, and I walked into the interview, and the. Um, the guy I was interviewing with took out a little plastic bin of just like junk, like stuff he had found from people's desks, like really quickly, and threw it down and gave me like a pen and some paper and said, Cool, so I'm gonna cut out for half an hour and when I come back, like make a game with this stuff and then we'll play the game. And so he came back in and I was like, Shit, you know? <laughs> and I had heard of the potential of this happening at some point. Like when I was like in college, somebody said, Hey, sometimes somebody will give you a game design test. And I was like, That's never going to happen to me in my life. And it didn't until this very moment. <laughs> and so I like threw together something really quick and we played the game, like me, him, and some other like person. And halfway through the game, He's like, oh, so what about this? And I just went, that's completely broken. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and he's like, oh. And I was like, because I spent awesome. a half an hour doing this, so that's broken. He goes, no, no, it's cool, man. Like, what would you? And I was like, this is how I'd fix it. And I just, like, really quickly, like, audible the game together. And it was actually kind of fun. Like, as hectic as it was in the beginning, there was a part of me that when it finished, I was like, you know what? Like, it not only made me, like... It made me want the job even more because I was mm-hmm. like, hey, they actually did like Maybe some we'll make this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did it ever involve like throwing it at the other person? Like, did that, uh, was that ever part no. of the game? <laughs> that was not it, but I was tempted. So you stand over there, and all I'm going to do is huck these things at you, and you have to dodge them. Well, one of the things he had on the desk that he pulled off was an electronic 20 questions game, and I was like somewhat tempted to be the guy who just, he comes back in and it's just sitting in the center of the room, and, and he goes, so what game did you make? And I went, it's called 20 questions. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> Feet of engineering I did in 30 minutes. <laughs> Mind blown. You, know, you tell me like, you don't have to leave the room, I got you. Yeah. <laughs> hey, come back. Come back. I'm done. Nailed it. <laughs> you know, my take on those 
incredibly intense perform on the spot kind of interviews is exactly what you were talking about. Like, I think putting yourself in someone else's shoes, it's all about seeing how that person functions. So, like, like you can get really tripped up really fast by the fact that you're having to perform and, or, like, you know, use your brain yeah. in front of other people because most people want to shut themselves away and figure it out. But, I put, you know, putting yourself in the other person's shoes, they're not judging you. They're literally trying to see your brain in action. And so you're doing yourself a hindrance by getting all choked up and, like, you know, because my first response when they handed me that, because I had no idea, handed me, a, you know, the pen for the whiteboard, I was like, uh, this is a joke, right? Like, this isn't for an engineering position, so why do I need to do this? And, uh, and then after a second, I was just kind of like, well, clearly the guy just wants to see what I'm capable of problem solving. And so yeah. it makes everything, for whatever reason, it just... And it made everything a little bit less. Did you, know, you draw rocking. horses just so you could visualize them better? Yeah, absolutely. I, that would have been my first step is just to get up. So and here's start a horse. Yeah. If you can picture, and then this I, gave, I gave them all. I gave them all names. Did you? Mm. Yeah. yeah. Horse number one was Chuckle Chunks. Uh, <laughs> well, we did have, you write that up on the board? Yes. You spent like four minutes just writing your really long names. <laughs> it's like hey, you have a great backstory. I basically <laughs> <laughs> you have a great backstory. <laughs> Completely don't understand this problem. <laughs> we no. still haven't even gotten to the races. I was yet. like, when's your next meeting? Half hour. I got this. I can yeah. BS. I can BS this long. Stretch. Well, even not as a you know technical programming thing that you guys have had to do, like <clears throat> on the art side of it too, like for animation stuff, there's a lot of studios that require you to do an animation test regardless of your background. Mm. You know, you can sit there and have been you know the lead animator of um, Woody, you know, and from Pixar, and it's just like you know you want to go work at the studio. It's like here's a test. Just like oh, I, I've done what I've, you know, this <laughs> was you me. Seen Toy Story. Yeah, yeah. you see, this is this is what I did. It's just like great. Here's a test. You have 300 frames to, you know, you know, do this sort of process and everything like that. And it's basically, you know, you have this whole thing, and and like you know, you guys are saying like they want to see you problem solve. Basically, they give you a deadline in terms of, you know, three days or spend like you know eight hours a day because they want to see what you can <laughs> do. But what will kill people is. They will sit there and spend, you know, three days straight not sleeping, you know, and just polishing this to look just phenomenal. It's just like, that's great. How long did this take you? <laughs> you know, and then because all of a sudden it's like, you know, great, you're hired. Um, we need this walk cycle done, you know, and you have till five o'clock. You're just like, but I spent three days just doing this. How am yeah. I going to do this like now? Yeah. And so you really fuck yourself up. No, that's that's uh, what he's talking about. We were talking about at lunch because I had two friends for a local game studio in town who – puts out huge huge titles uh they're naughty both, dog they're both naughty yeah basically <laughs> naughty dog <laughs> they uh they're 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 the studio they're one of the first studios my friend said that they they make every they're one of the ones that make everybody do the anim test they don't care what you have done or who you are or uh, <laughs> so Sony walt, Santa Monica walt could have walked in yeah walt, anim test. walt could walt could get out of the grave and be like but i'm an animator <laughs> they're like sorry walt you got to do the animation do you test. know how to use maya <laughs> they've uh, <laughs> but they've had guys who've done really good tests who they interviewed and didn't know for sure it was so good that they've had they brought them in for uh, a two-hour session and actually sat them at a desk and had them do a cycle right there to just he's like there's a lot of times like josh said that we we just need for the position we're we don't tell them any different they're like you're coming on to animate Mm -hmm. but maybe the position they really need is somebody to bang out cycles Mm -hmm. this guy had a great this looked awesome you did what we told you to do can you do this though fast and fast how many how many can you get done and they've they've had two guys that were something like that that he said that they brought into the studio and sat him down and said, okay, you know, we need a walk cycle now. Just do your process. And he's like, sometimes we'll stand behind. Sometimes we'll let them do their thing, you know, just to see if they're getting sketched that we're behind them and we want to see their process. 
The other one that made me think of is Zynga, is that the the girl I know who did the test, hers was time based, and it was actually on the file. She had she had a certain amount of time, and it was time stamped that she had to send it back to the thing. Her wow. test was awesome, by the way. Like I was so she sent it to me after the fact. I'm like, that's for what they do. That's amazing. Yeah, because she just but, copy um, pasted from another. Pretty much, program. it was just like, but it was like <laughs> very. Idea. It was very specific. It was very game based. It was like you know, here's your poly limit. Here's your texture limit. Mm-hmm. Stuff I hadn't heard since I was in school. It was like you get one two fifty six map, and you get like ten polys. Yeah, but make make it look like you know it's it, these characters were done in ZBrush. Yeah, you know, and uh, but but that blew me away was the timestamp thing. Yeah, but they specifically wanted to see how long it took her to do that. Well, it makes sense. I mean, the, the, these industries are just blowing up, and everybody wants to get into them. So every company wants the best of the best. So yeah, makes sense. So why except not? Disney Mobile, and that's why we hired Jay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jason Carter. Uh, so Microsoft. Yeah. Doing a little promotion for guys like you with those high gamer scores, and not guys like <laughs> me with my barely breaking five thousand. My gamer score is pretty low in comparison to that the guy, general that populace. Jeez, Louise, five hundred thousand. Isn't he up to six or seven now? He's probably. He's pushing the. He's going yeah. For the so, million. so what does he get? Yeah. <laughs> so Microsoft uh, recently <clears throat> announced. <laughs> Got to get out my notes. Uh, no, Microsoft <laughs> recently announced that they're actually going to start awarding. Uh, players for having decent gamer scores, and so it's nothing like super crazy or significant. It's not, isn't it? Not significant at, at all? all. Like I not even remotely significant. I don't, yeah, I giving, you, giving you anything is better than what they give you now. <laughs> I but think I think this, I did, to I, me, this seems like testing ground. So here's what it is. So if you have gold members, so you have to be an Xbox Live, so you pay the fifty dollars a year, um, uh, with a gamer score of twenty five thousand points or higher. We'll get two percent back on any purchases, uh, you know, in Microsoft points, basically. So any game that you buy will cost two percent less. Um, if you have ten thousand uh, gamer score, you'll get one percent. And then this is my favorite: gold members with three thousand plus gamer score will get a quote unquote special gift uh, on their on the month of their birthday. Sweet. Hold on, hold on, hold on. The fine print here saying <laughs> we do not uh, we do note that the fine print says the gift has an approximate retail value of twenty five cents. <laughs> <laughs> happy birthday. So it's got to be some sort of avatar thing for your you know like a hat that yeah. says happy birthday it or it's like the cone hat or something so like that. I mean. You know, you kind of applaud them for, okay, doing something. But this is the kind of thing that happened just recently where uh, unrelated field, but it's this reward that sounds fucking awesome. And then you you, you kind of cash in on You're like, really? So the Shell Station and Ralph's does this, like, oh, yeah, if yeah. you spend money, you get you get 10 cents off a gallon at the pump. And I'm like, that's awesome. I go and fill up a Jeep Wrangler, you know, 18 gallon. No, I put 17 gallons what in. What is it. that? $200 now? <laughs> it cost me. It cost me 80 $84. I saved $1.83. A dollar 83. And I'm like, "Really?" But if you like for the the Xbox gamer score thing, like if you I don't I, I don't remember what the the point values you said that you need to get, but like for the people who get those point values, they're spending probably a fair amount of money yeah. in yeah. Xbox Live points, right? So you could have made it more, and people wouldn't have gamed that system. I think. Yeah, two, I think two percent. It's not. It's a fraction of tax. No, yeah. To me, this totally yeah. seems like the Xbox marketing team is putting the feelers out in the water to see if this is something that could get people to to 
you know, be in the buy, Xbox buy more environment. Game. Yeah, exactly. And honestly, I, from a marketing standpoint, I completely agree with both of you. It's not two percent is not a lot. That's a fifty cents on your next game. But, but, but you're right where you're going. But I mean, as a marketing idea, how cool is that? That all of a sudden you get literally awarded with a monetary value, no matter how low, for simply playing games. Yeah. I think that's cool. I think, it, and if you look at how Xbox works, I mean, if you look at what Xbox Live Arcade was on the Xbox One, it was so underwhelming and unsubstantial. Like, the, it was a disc you had to put in, and then you would buy games online, but you could only play those games if the disc was in your system, which meant that I was, the whole, like, allure of it was, hey, I can buy things online and I don't have to use discs, except for the one disc that allows me to play the games. Well, that's, that, that doesn't online. count because it's not part of the thing. Yeah, and so, but I think that when you saw what they were doing, like, it was, I had the same reaction where instantly I was like, this is going to be the coolest thing on earth. And then it came out, and I was like, this sucks. And then 360 came out, and they had a real Xbox Live Arcade, and then it was like, changed my life. And I was like, this is everything I love about J- video games. J- Jay, did, did it change yours? Uh, yeah, it did. What um, was it like when you played your first Xbox Live? Right? <laughs> <laughs> it was very, you, you understand? Day. You understand that as long as you're on the show and don't own an Xbox, this will continue. And that's I'm totally cool. Let's with do that. that challenge again. Yeah. Do that challenge again. <laughs> I'll Jay, play in PlayStation trophies. Well, well yeah. What was it like it for you? That's like Shrootbox. It doesn't really convert. <laughs> Stanley Nichols? <laughs> ah, it doesn't convert. What's the equivalent? <laughs> what's, what's the equivalent? What was it like when you played your first PSN game? Or were you even able to play a PSN game because... It took two hours to update my oh, system and then download the game. And then I had to restart my system, but then I got yeah. to play it. So and then did great. you have to ever update your credit card? Because that's impossible to do on the PlayStation I've network. never had to so, do that. Okay, yeah. Well, oh, don't you, do oh, that. Oh, you don't put your credit card on that system. <laughs> <laughs> you no, don't do that. But... The, there was a game on iOS called The Vault, and it was 99 cents, and mm. the reward for beating all of the puzzles in the game was a free game on Steam or something, which... That was pretty big. Yeah, yeah. And, and it was... I don't know what game it was, because I never did it, but for the... <laughs> For the first, keep like, selling it, Pecco. For like, the first <laughs> like, down low, it had a monetary value of twenty five cents. <laughs> for the like first three days I played it, though, I was like, "Oh, this would be great if I got this reward, so I could actually play this game on Steam, which I'll never download." Uh, <laughs> point being, there was a real life reward there, and I mean, I didn't get it or me. cash it in, but someone it did. Great. It interested me for three days. But there is something really cool about. Um, I think. The thing they're giving you, even though it's a, worth a quarter, I like that better than the discount. Because for me, nice. I wish that they would give you yeah. for five, like they give you a $5 Xbox Live Arcade game. Like some game they're just trying to get rid of one of those Sonic games or something that they're just selling dirt cheap. Because they do, I think Xbox has gone a long way in offering substantial sales on their games. I've bought probably in the last three months, I've bought maybe five to ten Xbox Live games I have not played. But I bought them because they were like 200 points, which is like, you know, 250. And I was like, well, for 250, I might as well buy this stupid old arcade game I'm never going to play. Yeah. And if they gave stuff like that away <laughs> for free. It. And you, you've proven it. And I've proven it. But I feel like that would mean. They want more That would have you, more Sean. value. I, but I, I do feel like giving me something is more valuable than giving me a discount. Perc- a discount oh, sure. Because the discount's never going to seem right. Like the it's never gonna discount's never going to add up for me. Even yeah. though. Technically not, speaking, it is more valuable because not two percent. Yeah, two percent just sounds. If it so was low. a compounded kind of thing, maybe like a credit card style thing where it's just compounded with your points or something, yeah, it starts to make sense. But I think you know Jason's probably right. I mean, it's it's testing the waters. But I'm I'm kind of with you. If they would give you a free game or dude, honestly, the app, the stupid hat sounded more cool to me than yeah. than 
two. Nobody does two percent. And their points it be like the, are the crazy. shirt that says I'm with stupid. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, but their points are like hundreds. Like five dollars is four hundred points. So why wouldn't you give me a hundred points? That sounds so much bigger than two percent. Yeah. Like right. that's what blows my mind. With the uh, I think the biggest complaint from the community with the idea is that it stops after twenty five thousand points at two percent, which means. If you're one of those people out there that has a gamer score of half a million or something crazy and you've dedicated your life to this, it's still 2%. Yeah. I wonder well, what, the, what the percentage of people, like what the, the skew is for points, like gamer score, like where the, 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 the median curve? is. Yeah. Like how well, I can tell you anyone over 200,000 is still a virgin. There is that. You're that really is a fact. You're going to put as high as 200,000. <laughs> you should. You should get no more points. That should be a life lesson. That's just a life playing, lesson. I've been playing the 360 now for whatever since it came out, and I'm at 11. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what we're at. Like, I mean, and that was after well, we got the free thousand, basically. You're and that welcome. was after earning almost. That was after earning 2,200 over one month with this this guy, this crew. <laughs> so I want to. Uh, uh, there's two things I wanted to bring up as we uh, kind of bring the show to a close. Um, first is we on this show like to um, promote projects that we find interesting, uh, projects from friends, colleagues, things that uh, maybe wouldn't get a ton of notice right away, but we kind of like to put them out there. Um, you know, we've had some interesting guests on the show doing some short films and things of that nature. So there's a guy, a um, good friend of, uh, of, of mine, Peter Vaughn, who is working, uh, actually works for, on the side, at Evil Plot Games. He's a developer, <coughs> a little sign company he's made, and he's made a, uh, a game called Nightmare Cove that uh, was on Facebook for a little while, but it's been taken down now to, so he could solely uh, um, focus on the Kindle version, which is out now. And uh, I wanted to read a little bit about the game to you guys. So this is the... <laughs> I love the sound of the paper. Like, we're all professional here. Paper. Exactly. Let me get like my some, notes. That sounds like some good quality paper. <laughs> yeah. Good night and good luck. <laughs> <laughs> so um, here's a little bit about the description of the game, and then I'll tell you a little bit about my thoughts about it. Uh, zombies are lurching through the graveyard, and phantoms haunt the house on the hill. So grab your tarot cards and load your pistol with silver bullets. It's time to live a horror story. Nightmare Cove is an interactive horror story game. Players move through text-based adventures by choosing what their character does in each situation. You will solve puzzles, find items and treasures, and fight monsters such as ghosts, vampires, and werewolves, wielding weapons ranging from knives to crystal balls. Nightmare Cove uses a unique story-driven system that delivers information in narrative form instead of the number-crunching found in most role-playing games. Experienced and casual gamers alike can enjoy Nightmare Cove. The first, the version that you can buy right now on, uh, on Kindle has uh, two characters and six stories. Uh, the initial Nightmare Cove game comes with the two characters and six adventures plus a tutorial. Forgot that part. Uh, <laughs> you can choose to play Jennifer Kim, a youth pastor whose aunt has gone missing, leaving behind a mysterious and powerful pendant. Or as William Ross, a psychologist and cult expert whose wife was ritualistically murdered and now haunts oh. him. Ouch. Each character has unique strengths, weaknesses, Skills and abilities. How long were they married? <laughs> Doesn't say Play that on the to press find out. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. So, uh, real quick, brief, brief sentence about each story. Uh, the adventures: old, new, undead, and blue. You're excited to attend your friend's wedding. It promises to be a lovely and romantic affair. Hey, wait! Who invited the zombies? Classic. Deja vu. A trip to an English manor house ends in murder, and the spirit of the deceased has trapped you in a time loop. If I had a nickel for every time that has happened to me, you could solve it. <laughs> I'd have 
Nickel. A nickel. Of nickels. <laughs> blood on the snow. A ski trip Ooh. turns bad when you discover a body with a throat slit. It appears one of your companions is a psychotic killer. Is he just reading or my life? <laughs> or is there something even darker at work? Bloodhorn Lodge. The grand reopening of the Bloodhorn Lodge is only a few days away. <laughs> but the staff has been reporting strange happenings. Perhaps the remodel hasn't completely wiped away the hotel's dark past. Well, obviously, it still has the same name. Yeah. Survivors lost in the Canadian wilderness. <laughs> <laughs> Canadians are nice. They'll help you home. They yeah. got a lot They're going to help you home. <laughs> you shouldn't be lost. Uh, not true. With only un- one road in Canada. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is he using Apple Maps? <laughs> <laughs> Lost in the Canadian wilderness with untrusting strangers is a bad place to be. Well, they're not Canadians. They're definitely not Canadians. Yeah. Imports. Then, as the clouds expose the moon, something howls in the woods. Ooh. Ghost ship. You discovered the Black Queen floating abandoned on the ocean. What could have happened to the to its crew? And is it truly abandoned? Are these are all these are all separate, completely separate narratives? Right? So yep, exactly. So each cool. each one is a uh, it's six different stories, two characters, uh, and you basically the idea is you guys remember those uh, books? I loved them when I was a kid. The uh, Choose Your Own Adventure books. I was just thinking about them. That's exactly what this is, except in a little bit more of an interactive form. Cool. So it's uh, it's on the tablet, and uh, mm-hmm. again, it's on the Kindle store. Go to www.nightmarecove.com to check out more about it. I have played a little bit about it, and I will tell you this much. Without, I'm not going to give away any spoilers or anything, but um, the Peter, it's a, my, my friend Peter and, and one of his friends who have done it, and I will <laughs> say that they have given an incredible amount of detail to the storytelling. So uh, there's a lot of rich, rich storytelling. So if any of those stories sounded fun to you, go check it out. And then there's actually an expansion packs that are coming out where there's two more characters, and there's a total of six more stories that you can get on top of that that are coming soon. And if this thing does well, you know, if it uh, looks like he's going to take it, I think, to iOS and some other devices that may be a little bit bigger reach than Kindle is right now. But if you got a Kindle, check it out. You heard it on their testing. And the one, th- one thing to say, too, is, is with the, like, sprawl of, of e-books and, and stuff coming out, like, if you're interested in, in the choose-your-own-adventure stuff of, 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 you know, the old days, then this is, this is the newest, like, incarnation of that. Yeah. So it would be pretty cool. Maybe a cool way to bring it out is to do the Kindle, like like try to attract a book a book audience yeah. versus yeah. trying to break into a very very thick and heavy yeah. you game. know game audience. And then the second thing I just wanted to to mention before we close is that Adam recently became an uncle again. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, how that, is that is the greatest way to. Uh, <laughs> To say that you had to have congratulations, Adam. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Good job, hard. Adam. Good I worked job. hard. I made it through another year. We're all real proud. <laughs> of I can't wait till after Jason's birthday. We goes. Just want to point out that Adam's brother-in-law just had a birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Were you thinking about how Jason. to present that this whole time? No, was, I, no, right um, at the end. Huh? No. I, I have one more thing, Sean. Yo. Boba Fett ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> Boba Fett ice cream, man. Did we just step over the fact that Jason had a baby Whoa, with Boba man. Fett ice cream? No, 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 no. We talked about it on an episode that we showed <laughs> uh, Didn't ba- we? No, the baby had not, <laughs> the baby come yet. not been born yet. <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. I guess we didn't. Well, congratulations. Congratulations. Hey. Hey. It was close. It was Did real close. It was real close. It was, a, it was a couple of days. I wasn't there. I don't know. Did we not? I'm pretty uh, sure no, that was, was a nice the Wednesday before. Way more <laughs> important than a baby. Sorry. So, uh, <laughs> so I had a son that was born on September 29th, uh, and uh, he's healthy and happy. His name is Brady. 
He's already a nerdtastic subscriber. Yep. <laughs> they signed him up for an account on Facebook and, on to yeah. and those other things. He's already written a lot of really positive comments. Yeah. And rated us <laughs> really good, really good <laughs> stuff. Brady. He thanks, makes thanks, little Brady. angry Jason faces. That's yeah, the best that thing he does right thing. now. <laughs> He's got the furrowed brow for sure. Yeah. He's pretty pissed. He's pretty pissed. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, Adam, congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> Adam. Thank you. I'll, I'll be here hopefully uh, next week. No, yeah. I won't. I won't be here next week. <laughs> Sorry, guys. The worst. Seriously. <laughs> Sorry. Atrocious. But do you think, so Jason, do you think that when your baby gets a little bit older, you know, and has teeth and stuff like that, do you think that he'll be a big fan of Boba Fett ice cream? <laughs> <laughs> Because you need that's completely you my need, bad. You need teeth is to eat ice cream. Yeah, I, I don't know. There's I mean, chewy things. I bet it's. I bet it's a little chewy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I cannot handle that joke. That's, <laughs> that's joke. way better than it's anything that joke. you have said. <laughs> You're it's, mad because he did it. It's too stupid. That's <laughs> oh, a joke. It's too dumb. That joke is too dumb. It's very dumb. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Nerdtastic in 3D, episode number 42. My name is Jason Carter. Jason Pecco. <laughs> I'm still Josh LeBron. Jack Eckler. Adam McFarlane. Quaranta y dos. Sean Carter. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Good night. Nerdtastic. Nerdtastic. Nerdtastic.